The cross is struggle. We lost the bubble. That's part in trouble. We are if we don't tell them he's trying to get close to you. But look at you, so emotional. The streets, the hustle, the cross, the struggle. We lost the bubble. That's part in trouble. We are if we don't tell him he's trying to get close to you. Uh, but look at you, so emotional. It's Kirk Ken, I got the pertinent facts That he was murdered while trying to purchase the murderers back And the burgers and all the hustlers that serving that crap Said they don't hear me, but I swear I never murmur and rap If you disturbed by the fact that I'm from the curb and I rap So he's fully God and fully man, I keeps that merger intact I'm hearing worrisome facts, you got a problem with that I'm waiting on the word to return like how a cursor would act I've been observing a purple with all these phobia stats I failed the drama club, cause clearly I don't know how to act So now I'm scared of everything Everything that disagrees with your feelings Now nah, I'm just Samson And I'm pushing back on all that you building, you judges I call a spade a spade, no matter what my partner bets Always talking who's gold, but don't know that you worship Baphomet I will not submit to this current age of entitlement So cancel me now, cause I subscribe to the Bible he said The streets, uh, the hustle, the cross, the struggle We lost the bubble, that's part in trouble We are, if we don't tell him, he's trying to get close to you But look at you, so emotional You are, you are now tuning in to Reform Raza. Our aim is to glorify God through the edification of the saints. Expect practical theology and then draw to be biblical. So if you ask us who we do this for... Because this is for the Raza. This is for the Raza. This is Reformed Raza. My name is Martin Velasquez alongside with my brothers. This is Justin Corona right here. And what up, everybody? This is Pastor Vic. And you are now in the mix. Don't forget to hit us up at reformedraza.com, reformedraza at gmail.com with any questions, comments, concerns, or rebukes. You can hit us up right there. Follow us on Facebook or like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. And go ahead and shoot that five-star review on the Apple podcast. Leave a comment. Do all that Do all that fun stuff, man. It would really help us just get out there a little bit more. And yeah, man, we're going to get it in today. Like we told you last week, we got a very special guest. I'm very excited for this episode episode justin would you like to do the honors in introducing our guest so here is the the man the myth the legend the one with the the pertinent facts uh mr kirk kennedy what's going on fellas <laughs> thanks bro for hopping on this episode just uh you know just doing this little interview with us man today we, ju- we just want to uh get to know you a little bit better you know what i mean because uh, we've been followers of your music been followers of the of the uh, cross examine podcast and we just trying to trying to dive deeper into who is uh kirk kennedy the artist the man behind uh the the how would you put his albums like the the docu the albumentaries album yeah right? there you go <laughs> <laughs> behind the albumentaries the the uh, podcast the pastor and, and also the father and husband amen so um amen. so with that let, let us get right into it so who is kurt kennedy who is kurt kennedy so i'm definitely a man no myth or legend <laughs> <laughs> If, if I am uh, out of the D.C. area, grew up 
in the Washington, D.C. area my whole life. We call it the DMV here, so it basically means D.C., Maryland, Virginia. And uh, I am a Christian. I am a pastor. I'm a husband, a dad, a podcaster, I do a little rapping on the side, <laughs> uh, speaking and stuff like that, and conference speaking and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm just, I am a guy who feels like, I, from the side moniker, sort of, I call myself the frustrated Christian. Yeah. And by that, it doesn't mean that I lack joy. It just means the the tension of being a Christian in a world where that opposes what you believe in is, is sometimes frustrating. And I wanted to... Musically, I wanted to represent the aspect of Christianity that felt that tension, you know, that felt it. I wanted to do music for the people that that are Christians that love the Lord but struggle, are frustrated with just the process of sanctification, the mm. the, the what it, to being conformed to the image of God's Son. It's not always a pleasant experience, you know. Mm-hmm. So. I wanted to just kind of have a voice for those people. And I wanted to make people feel oh, it's okay sometimes to be frustrated, to struggle. And that's, this is why it's called the good fight. This is why we persevere to the end. You know, you don't, you don't have to persevere in things that are fun. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, my mom didn't take us to the theme parks and she would be like, oh, you be back here by 4 PM. I didn't have to persevere through that time. It went by like that. You know, mm-hmm. it was fun. You, you the biblical messages that we persevere to the end. And that's because, this life is difficult. So I wanted to have, I wanted my music and, and things to be a reflection of that and get at some of the different things. So musically, I kind of consider what I do, biblical worldview music. So I, it's not CHH in the traditional sense, which I used to be a part of years ago as an artist named Voice. Um, it's, it's different now because I feel like that's more lyrical theology with like Shylin and them do. Yeah, and I respect that, but that's not what I feel led to do as Kirk Kennedy. When I was voice, I did that. But as Kirk Kennedy, I felt like I wanted to really address issues in the culture head on and things that I didn't feel like other artists were really doing or doing in such a way that it was too artistic. Like I, Kirk Kennedy is not afraid to get in your face mm. and, and call things out. And I'm not afraid to have people come in my face and call things out. Like let's Let's, let's get it in. Let's put it out there. Like my philosophy is if there's an elephant in the room, let's feed that thing peanut. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. want to get you too much. So well, I think that's kind of who I am as a person in general. Obviously, there you know you have to, there are ebbs and flows. You don't always have to be a bull in a china closet. And by God's grace, that's not always how it is. Yeah. But I'm not afraid to confront the culture and, and say things that I think are necessary for the body. It's dope. Amen, amen. And I, I definitely get that from listening to your music. Uh, I know on uh, that album under Frustrated Christian Chapter 2, that's more of, I feel like that's more of a, um, uh, like revealing yourself, you know, expressing your, your frustrations with just being a Christian in general. I know you talk about on that, on that album, you know, uh, getting out of prison and then going straight in, you know, um, dealing with the a, a new culture in a sense you know you're used to in the streets you know banging and doing all that street life and then coming in uh to the church and then facing the frustrations i thought you did a real good job on 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 frustrated christian uh just expressing that and then um and just just you know 
working through these things, you know, and not not um, not not being afraid to to say that there's some things that 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 frustrated you, you know what I mean? Because I think as Christians, we kind of we kind of uh, have this facade that we have to put on a smiley face all the time, you know what I mean? And that we can't express yeah. ourselves uh, even when we feel frustrated, you know what I mean? So I think that that. That the album right there is is uh, is has had an impact on me because um, you were able to express lyrically some of the things that I was feeling. You know what I mean? And so that that's the beauty of music right there. Like man, wow. that's exactly how I'm feeling. And just the way you put the words together, it's like dang, I didn't even know it could be even expressed like that. So you never know who you hit with 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 your you know expressing yourself. Wow. You can impact others, mm-hmm. you know as well. Wow, man, I really appreciate that. <clears throat> I think anyone who, anyone who does, I think artistry, music, music is a vulnerable art form, right? So yeah. you, you present yourself in a way, and even if you're, even if you're, even if your image is a facade, you're still putting out a product that you think that people are going to evaluate. They're going to evaluate yeah. if they like it. Mm-hmm. So it's vulnerable. Even if you're faking, it's a vulnerable thing to put out music and to describe thoughts and feelings and rhythms and moves and moments that you hope people resonate with. And so, anytime you hear, and I resonated with that, I think that's just it's, it's, it's encouraging because you know you're competing with a lot of other people's music and a lot of other people's popularity, and people resonate with a lot of things. So to hear that is really really comfortable I appreciate that yeah I do I appreciate you even highlighting I think I think the whole Christians always need to put on this happy faces I don't know if that's even biblical man like especially when you consider like the songs right like like I was talking to someone about this the other day like the Lord the songs are the emotions that God wants people to know that they're allowed to have Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying like you get songs that don't always end with, but you, oh God, are the same. Yeah. You get into the 80s and them mm-hmm. songs end with like, man, I'm mad at you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, those songs don't always end with, but you, oh God. Sometimes they end like where they begin. Like, what's the problem? Like, where are you, mm-hmm. Lord? And so I think we need, like John the Baptist, it, you know, it, he's, he's incredible to me that he's in prison and he's asking his disciples to tell him, is Jesus the Messiah or not? You know, it's, the one person who at that time in, in redemptive history knew who Jesus was, he's he's struggling. His circumstances are so dire that he's questioning if he even believes in the right Messiah. And then Jesus speaks right to the heart of this in Luke 7. And he says, blessed are the ones who are not offended because of me. And I feel like that, that's like, we're going to experience that in this life. And so I want my music to be a reflection of that. And I don't always want my music to resolve the tension. Or if it does, it might not resolve it for four songs, you know? Yeah. I don't want it to be this, I'm struggling, but then at the end, but you know what, Lord? You're a good Lord, and yet sometimes it's like, nah, let's let's say that three, four songs later and let people just sit with that. So now nah, I, I really do appreciate that. I think that's one of the things I appreciate about your um, albums is that it's not just, uh, you could tell that the album isn't, um, you're, you're just pulling together songs just to, to piece an album together. That it like it's just a made up of a bunch of singles with the same theme, but instead you could you could tell that it carries from the first song till the end. That it's not something that like okay I'm a, I'm gonna pull this song out 
just play for the radio when if that were the case then people would be left confused because it's almost like an unfinished um and they're, they're getting a piece of a thought instead of getting the whole process of what you had going through the album and that's one of the things that i appreciate about your albums is that whenever i listen to it i always have to start at the first song and then i have to go all the way through for the whole day yeah, yeah that's kind of the, that's the gift and the curse right yeah. you can't start at one song you get you miss the theme you gotta listen yeah. to seven songs to really get at what um but nah but nah that's you're right though man i try to make my music uh, connect to a larger narrative and mm-hmm. bring you into the albumentary i try to bring you album documentary i try to bring you in to the the real issues you can process them because music lasts a long time yeah yeah you can listen to an album like to me when music matters you'll listen to it years later it'll still be relevant Mm -hmm. like i jokingly say this all the time like my last three albums are the soundtrack of the culture like seriously i'm joking because god doesn't need me to do music and it's not like you know but 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 in reality, like the stuff I talked about on C4 Appendix and Philosophy are what's happening right now. Yeah. So yeah. You can listen to any one of those three albums and be like, he's speaking to the culture right now. And that's when you know music matters. Mm-hmm. When it addresses the culture. Because look at the scriptures, right? You take the scriptures and apply it in any culture at any time. It matters. It's like, wow, this is relevant. I want my music to kind of be as it as it flows from scripture to kind of be like scripture in that you know? wow, this still matters. Like, this is yeah. right now. It's like, wow. And it blows my mind, too. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, <laughs> man, why did you... Yeah, I was talking about this two years ago. Now this is like the thing right now. Like, you know, I thought yeah. we... I thought, okay, I'm moving past it, and I got to go back and dig deeper in it. So the Lord is, 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 is crazy like that. Yeah, man. And definitely is. Like, you almost get the chills listening to C4. It's like the first, the first track right when it drops... That whole song right there is like, ooh, man. Justice, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> you can bump that music, you know, uh, just walking with a big old speaker, you know, in one of the protests and just bump it loud like that, dude. <laughs> Serious. And people, you'll get heads turning like that. But, yeah. but um, so why, why the name uh, Kurt Kennedy? Because I, I know that's that's your stage name and, and your real name is uh, Kurt Allen. And so why Kennedy? Yeah. Where, does it, where does that come from? So uh, I had an idea when I became, when I really said, okay, it's time to live for the Lord. This was probably around 99. I was fresh out. I'd been locked up for a little bit. I got out and I was like, all right, I want to live for the Lord. And I really want to do this right. But I still wanted to rap. And I really had a burden to reach the streets, like to reach like my old hood, this neighborhood called Bell Haven. It was a lot of dudes I still cared about that lived in that hood. And I wanted to reach them musically, but I knew them and I knew you can't just make an album, share your testimony and then be like, but God, like the Psalms, like Psalm 73, where it starts off with, man, I, I, I'm losing my faith. This is what's happening. This is, but then, you know, but then it comes around. And I thought, man, if I give them music like that, they're not going to want to hear it. They might be like, yeah, you still flowing, but we don't want to hear about the Lord. So I come up with a concept album called a public, well, first it was called Progression. Then it was called a public controversy. And what it did was the album, I narrated it. And basically I started off like I'm still in the streets. And over the course of the album, I get saved. And I felt like if I could take my the, the hood on a journey, mm-hmm. they start off hearing me rap, you know, minus cussing and stuff, but hearing me rapping like I what, the, what they resonate with. And then all of a sudden, 
they see the album kind of progressively change. Mm. And then about the end of the album, now I'm a believer. I thought that was a great way to capture them. And so I kind of went through a couple different phases of the album and what it would be called. Then I settled on one called a public controversy. I was trying to think, man, how do I, what name do I use this kind of controversy? I was trying to think of a name that would be kind of associated with controversy. And then one day I was just, I don't know if it was, I was, it was either JFK Jr. had gotten killed or something in the plane crash, him and his wife. I just remember thinking like, man, that family has seen a lot of tragedies. Like there's always mm-hmm. some controversy, some tragedy with the Kennedy last name. It's like, you know, assassinations and all this stuff. And I thought that's a, and then it just hit like, you know, Kurt Kennedy. I was with a dude of mine. He was like, man, I like that joint. It got a ring to it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. Kennedy is sort of that name. It's sort of a prestigious name, but it also is associated with a lot of this like controversy. And I thought my music is going to be controversial. This is you know, back when it wasn't even going to be like a release to Christians. I was only making it for the streets as a as an album. You know, everybody says I rap for the yeah, streets, yeah. but really they rap for the church for real. They just try to say this was really an album that I had planned to give to the church, to the streets, and not to the church. And so. I was just trying to think of how do I do this in a way and the name Kennedy just sort of became this name synonymous with the controversy and it fit I thought the album and, and then I just kept it as as a as sort of the moniker that I would use for when I rap I never intended to use it as a Christian who raps in that sense but I just decided to keep it and then it's just it's just stuck with me since then yeah I think right away when you hear that name Kirk Kennedy I think well at least for me I automatically think of JFK like that's right uh, away yeah and I just ain't trying to get his outcome yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just you know I ain't trying to do that so I, I don't got no no car with the top back you know I got a, I got a soccer ball van I ride in you know I'm trying to find no airplanes <laughs> right even like that but yeah it's just a name that it just fits it's got a ring to it I just I, I just I, I become fond of it so I just mm-hmm. So one of the things about you is, uh, well, actually that that more recently I found out, or one of the things that you said in your episode is that you were a pastor. I mean, you are currently a pastor. Um, So so one of the things I want to ask you is how long have you been pastoring for? So I've been an actual pastor for 12 years at my church, Mm -hmm. and we planted a church six years ago, and I became the lead pastor of my church six years ago so I've been at this church for 12 years and then became the lead pastor for the last six so I've been in ministry since probably 03 about 17 years I've kind of just been in ministry in uh, training and in, in theological studies different things like that to get to the point where I'd be actually a pastor that has the responsibilities of preaching teaching discipling leading mm-hmm. and things like that in 12 years officially all right. And what, what would be one of the things that, that you could tell your young self, young, young Kurt, you know, from back to 03, um, any advice about um, pastoral ministry? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I would probably tell the 03 me to... Um, that it's going to be harder than you think it's going to be. And there are going to be moments where 
you don't feel like what you're doing matter, but then the Lord is going to also show you that he sees what you're doing. So mm-hmm. it's going to be hard. So you got to persevere at times, but there is there are going to be moments where you feel like, while wow, the Lord is really with me in this. He's really, he hears me, he sees me, he, 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 he's aware of me. And sometimes that's just what, it, what you need. Sometimes it feels like the Lord doesn't even care what I'm going through. He's not answering the prayers right back. He's not, you know, and then, but there are times in ministry, it's just like that. You have seasons where you just feel like you're killing it. The Lord is allowing you to experience a lot of grace. And then you'll have a season where it's like, wow, people that you once cared about is, uh, are now mad at you. You know, when hmm. you're a pastor, you're in you, any leadership position, but when you're a pastor, you're, you know, you're, you're often just a couple decisions or statements away from someone getting offended, you know? And hmm. and so I would tell myself to just listen, be be realistic. And, and by realistic, I mean, pastoral ministry isn't me putting the gospel on my back and trying to save everyone like I can't save anyone yeah. and so mm-hmm. I think there's, there's a and I live this way now like I don't like I, I don't measure faithfulness you know what let me you know what I'll tell myself measure faithfulness by what you say and do not how people respond mm-hmm. that's what I would tell them. you're gonna get in ministry make sure you measure faithfulness by what you say and what you do and not how people respond because what happens is a lot of pastors get burned out or we get over because people don't always respond. You teach a message, you feel like people are like, man, that was a good message, Pastor. I'm really and then two weeks later, a couple weeks later, a month later, it's the same thing. And it's kinda like, well, you know, it's just like, man, what are we what are we doing here? You know, mm-hmm. why 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 are people coming to a game night in a prayer meeting, you know? We're, we're, because you ultimately you're gonna want people to be spiritually minded and you'll be discouraged when they're not. And you're going to start from within. But then you think, hey, wait a minute. Jesus said a prophet's not a prophet in his own hometown. So it's like, okay. So they didn't listen to the Lord at times. They didn't obey the Lord. The disciples would be like, Lord, what does that mean? He'd be like, man, are y'all so dogs? <laughs> Nowadays we say, y'all so hard-headed that y'all ain't paying attention. You know, there's a sense where, okay, I can't measure faithfulness anymore by if you obey what I said, or not obey, like, like I'm the Lord, but if you process and apply what the scripture is saying that I'm explaining to you, if you don't do that, I'm not going to look at that as I'm unfaithful. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to look at my faithfulness is going to be measured by me saying what I needed to say, what I felt like I was supposed to say, what the scripture is saying, and then you're obligated to respond. I'm going to try to help as much as I can. I'll disciple, let's meet, let's talk, but like I'm not going to measure faithfulness by how you respond. And that's First Corinthians 4. That's straight out of First Corinthians 4. Paul's like, look, I, I don't care who judges me. Like, I don't have any, I'm not aware of anything against myself, but I'm not judging anybody. I'm not judging myself. The Lord will, the Lord will do that. So it's this sense of, okay, I'm going to be faithful and I have to measure it by what, what I say and what I do, what I think the honor the Lord and the people respond, praise God. If they don't, then they're going to stand before the Lord and give an account. Yeah. Man, and, and, and for me, uh, I serve as as an assistant pastor for my church, and for me that 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 even even that for me was encouraging right there because uh, it's true that in ministry you're, you're gonna get those moments, you're gonna get those moments where you're you're even questioning what you're doing, but then God just uh, will show you within time 
that his hands has been upon it the whole time and i like what you said that you just got to be faithful to what you say and what you do and preach the word uh as it is biblically and so man that that for me that spoke a lot for me man bro yeah that, that's real man i mean that's romans 12 18 so far as it depends on you live peaceably with all right it doesn't mean everybody's gonna live peaceably with you. It just means you're gonna you gotta live peaceably with all. The Lord knows, people, man. People are whispers too loud if you don't want to hear. Man, especially today in today's climate and culture with everything going on, man, it's like you're bound to say something, uh, quote unquote, controversial, even if it's not. You know what I mean? It could be the, the slightest thing. You're not even trying to offend nobody, but someone comes at you like, I'm, I'm not a pastor, but I've seen it happen. You know what I mean? And I, I realized, man, that must be tough to be taking all the heat. And I think sometimes us, even whether it's just regular church members or even in leadership positions, we forget to um, to to really see it from the, the, the pastor's eyes. You know what I mean? The things that he takes, you know, that we don't see. You know what I mean? Those late night calls or those uh, sudden, you know, uh, moments where someone calls with a tragedy or something, then you got to respond and be there for them. You know what I mean? Because I think one of the hardest things would be to balance, you know, your life with your family and still attend to the needs of the church. You know, and, and I think about that and I think like, man, Lord, I'm not called to that. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm over, I'm over here, just regular leadership position. But like, oh, Lord, that's, well, that's not for me. I want to say even too with this whole uh, COVID-19, just pastors trying to figure out how to um, lead their church during this time. Stay online, meet up as a church, meet with the, with all the guidelines from the city and all that or continue online and even just trying to make a simple decision people are ready you know ready to kick back on whatever decision the pastor wants because everyone else is doing this way or everyone else is going this way and i can only imagine it's, it's difficult to even just make any simple decision like that especially right here psychological yeah psychological damage that covid19 has done is far greater than economic damage yeah, even right here in California, bro, man, like they, they keep switching up on us. First, it's cool to oh, go yeah. outside, then it's not. I mean, churches were opening up, and I was like, yeah, all right, cool. And then all of a sudden, when was it like yesterday or two days ago? Two days ago, the governor the governor shut down everything again. It's like, oh man. I saw that one of my close, one of my best friends is out in San Francisco. In fact, I was out there in uh, February, man. Mm-hmm. I didn't even COVID was out. I was in said I was San Francisco was the first city to shut down. I got back from I went out there February twentieth to the twenty fourth. So I do a little mm. photography. So I went out there. I preached in my buddy's church, did some photography. I was downtown San Francisco. I've been there plenty of times. It's like a second home, but I didn't notice this this thing was out there. I come back and then two weeks later, yeah. a week later they're shutting down. I'm like, oh man, mm-hmm. did I I catch something out there, you know, I'm taking deep breaths 30, 40 times a day trying to see if anything, you know, <laughs> I still can breathe. I mean, I just didn't know what was going on. So it's been it's been a monster. This thing has been definitely the Lord is 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 showing that he's sovereign right now. Yeah. Yep. You know. He's huh. using COVID to show like, man, I can I can use a, a disease and, and 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 put the whole world to it. <laughs> yeah, for real. You know, it's, it's it's something else, man. I'll tell you what. Uh, so, um, so with all that, talking about pastoral ministry, let's 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 take it back to to the days when you first started 
uh, you're uh, coming, you know, rapping as a as as a Christian. I'm not gonna say a Christian rapper, but a, uh, as yeah. a Christian rapping, and then rapping at, at John Piper's church. You know, to mm-hmm. me, to me, that that that's a trip right there because. Um, I'm gonna be real. I'm, I'm gonna be real. You know what I mean? I'm I'm brown, man. I'm dark skinned. Uh, I've never been too comfortable uh, in, in in a white church. You know what I mean? In a white, especially a white reformed church or anything like that. Uh, it, it gets a little a little uh, awkward sometimes. You know what I mean? Because you you come you coming straight from from the hood and you're used to a certain lifestyle, speaking a certain way, and then you're you're with these group of people that are like the opposite. And then, so how how was that? You know, talk to us a little bit about that rapping at John Piper's church. Yeah, so that was that was an interesting time because John Piper is John Piper, right? He's kind of <laughs> like a he's kind of like a a holiness and humor don't mix with him, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of like to crack jokes. I'm a you know I like to have fun, and so I was. What happened was I was invited. To come, so his worship leader at the time, I don't know if he's still there, his name was Chuck Stedham. And Chuck Stedham saw me rap at a, con- a conference that my church was hosting called Worship God, the church I was at at the time. And I did a remix of a song called You Have Captured Me. And so I came in, recorded my verse, did, did my thing on the stage, and I just laughed. And, and there was the worship leader, Chuck Stedham, was there. He reached out to someone who ended up transitioning from Bethlehem Baptist to work for the church I was working for. And he said, hey, man, Chuck Stedham would love to invite you out to do, to perform. And I was like, really? So I just thought, okay, cool. That's not going to happen. It's just, people just talk. So he was persistent. He was persistent. And so it worked out that they had set up like an itinerary for me to travel to some schools and do some stuff and, and do a concert at John Piper's church. Now this was, no concert has ever been done at John Viper. Yeah. John Viper is not a was not at least at the time a welcome uh, reformed <laughs> rap artist. Uh, he, he didn't like it necessarily. Rap wasn't their thing. And actually, what was funny was at that time, guys like me, Shyland, guys from uh, Lampmo, who DJ Essence, who ran Lampmo, mm-hmm. he was like my other DJ. That was my dude. We traveled. Him and I had two DJs and we traveled and did everything together. So I was tight with him and then Shy, I was, I was obviously friends with Shy and Tim Brenda and those guys. And so at that time, those guys were um, putting snippets on their album yeah. of like John Piper and different guys, but we weren't really embraced by them. Mm-hmm. So I had no idea what to expect. So I get out to Minneapolis and uh, I, I, you know, we had lunch with him earlier in the day. And it was like cool, and I was like, all right, you know, I was kind of like, let me see how this dude is. So filling him out, he's what I thought relatively serious guy. So we talked about things, talked about life and ministry. So I didn't know if he even wanted me to do it because I was like, all right, but hey, they invited me here, so they're paying <laughs> me to do this. So, so right before, so we get to the church around what his what his church does is they have a service on a Saturday night, and they have three campuses. So he 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 would preach at the main campus on Saturday night. And then they show a video on Sunday to two of the campuses, and then he preaches at a different one than he preached on that Friday night, Saturday night. So he was at the main campus of Bethlehem that Saturday night. So he walks up to me and he says, "Curtis, are you are you are you nervous?" And I said, 
are you Pastor John? Are you nervous? I mean, this fool is going to have wrapped in your shirt. I've done this before, but I mean, I use it. No, I think this will be good for our... So again, he went up and he introduced me. And I told Esther, I was, we called him Esso. And I, and I'm, I'm, and I said, Esso, hey, record this, man, record it. Because we had to locate. He was like, all right, we record. <laughs> so I went up and I did this song called Unstoppable, mm-hmm. which was from my first album as voice. And it was my testimony and sort of my entrance into reformed theology. And then, mm-hmm. you know, God is all powerful, unchangeable, yeah. immovable, yeah. unstoppable. So I performed the song and people loved it. And then I did a concert in the lobby and no one had done a concert ever. So it was like a big deal. That So then we put the video, we sent it to a guy named Justin Taylor, who is now like the editor at Crossway and one of the big dogs at Gospel Coalition. He used to work for John Piper and me and him became friends. So we sent him the video. He posted it on his Just Between Two Worlds blog and it just kind of caught on. It didn't go viral like millions of people, but at the time, it just, it hit thousands of views and in the circle, it was like, whoa, what is going on? How did John Piper allow for a dude to rap at a rap at his church? So it became a big deal. I was on, I was doing radio interviews, magazines. There was a lot of people that never heard of reform. Yeah. So on one level, obviously the Lord doesn't need me and he, you know, sovereign did a lot of different things, but I was the one who opened the door for reform rap to be accepted on the bigger scale. Like mm. back then Lecrae and them, they were doing all black churches and they weren't, you know, there was just it was he was growing in popularity, Lecrae was, because he was with cross movement and they were kind of transitioning out. And the yeah. South Sound, even in the secular world, was growing. Yeah. You had mm. like T.I. Mm-hmm. You already had Lil Wayne and them coming out cash money and no limit. But then you had like like T.I. and and uh, who else was I want to think? Uh, Jeezy, they came out around that early, when that 03 to 05 kind of yeah. era. So this is 06. So that, that South Sound was already out because Outkast had been out. Mm-hmm. So people had really embraced the, the culture. The secular culture was shifting from East Coast rap to kind of like South and sort of Midwest and just more of an eclectic sound. So Lecrae was growing because his sound was the newest sound, but he wasn't really out there yet. And then it, it, once that happened and people were like reformed rap, what is going on? And then mm-hmm. that opened the door for, mm-hmm. um, you know, Shy, Lecrae, then Lecrae rapped to John Piper's church. They're like, oh, the first person to rap for the, like, no, he wasn't. <laughs> don't lie. Don't tell any lies. Lecrae's two years after me. We just don't waste your life. But it did. I was I was privileged, man. The, the, it wasn't the Lord's will, but I get the platform that they had. And I'm, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. more... It was good that I was just grateful that I was able to be used by the Lord to open the door to an art form that I love yeah. and, and has helped make me who I am. And then it opened the door for a lot of other dudes to really, and a lot of people got exposed like, whoa, we're full rap. They talking about, he's saying propitiation in this song. Yeah. And so it was, it was crazy, man. I did not expect that. I knew John Piper had a world stage and it was going to be, but I didn't expect to be sort of the, 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 the hinge that allowed the door to be pushed open for rap to be accepted in that way. Yeah, even uh, um, even Paul Washer was was down with it. <laughs> like, if you get Paul Washer's approval, I think you made it. You know what I mean? Man, Paul Washer would try to. Paul Washer would make Paul think he wasn't saved. So I just, uh, I, I, I think, yeah, he was in it. James White was with yeah. it. I mean. 
it was just it was a phenomenon. I think people felt like, wow, this is like little sermons in in but I think and that was a gift for that I think people expected the music to stay that way. And that's when when Lecrae started to shift his perspective, people mm. just thought, oh, Christian rap is all just lyrical theology. And it was like, well, nah, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that came with that. But at that time, I think the Lord was really, I was really grateful to the Lord that allowed me to play a small role in opening up for, you know, opportunities and, and being able to do music in that way. And it was fun. It was a lot of fun to travel and be around those guys and, and us just to be embraced by these big white reformed churches. These men with these, you know, these international platforms. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, so, well, in, in that same time, um, that was um, during the time when you said you were going by voice, right? Mm-hmm. So during that time, I'm, I'm pretty sure you, you would be able to, to gauge the, the health or, or, or even just the, the prominence of CHH at that time. So from, from you, you know, having been in the game for, for a number of years, where do, you, where do you see CHH today? I mean, I, I know earlier you just mentioned that, you know, you're, you're more of a, a Christian worldview as far as when it comes to your music. But as far as just the, the industry in itself, CHH, where do you see CHH today as compared to when you were in it back in um, 03 and around that time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I, so I think there's a, 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 a major difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One, I think there was more of a, well, it's always been eclectic, right? So there was always divisions. Because when mm-hmm. I came, so I came out in 05. When I rapped at Pipe, John Piper's Church, it was October of 06. So around that time, you had this, the, 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 the church world, the Reformed church world needed something that was more theologically robust than like worship music, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of CCM stuff, they were, they were kind of giving more doctrinal fidelity. So like some songs have to, so you can't just sing Michael W. Smith anymore and these, mm-hmm. these people. Like they, we need to have rich theological music. And there was a real push for that, just even in the worship aspect of it. So back then, reformed rap represented a breath of fresh air. And there was a sense of responsibility, but also, um, well, I call it what I did ministering. Like it was ministry, but it was entertainment. So you, mm-hmm. you know, and some guys took it serious, some guys, took it more more serious I used to say man but you're not a pastor bro like don't you can't be an elder just because you can explain the lecture in four minutes and ten seconds yeah. <laughs> doesn't make you an elder to these people so yeah. there was a lot of stuff going like that behind the scenes yeah. where guys were getting a little taking themselves a little too seriously in terms of and people were seeing these guys as like almost the equivalent of elders so I, I used to have problems with that but I think the scene was there was a a lot of us had a vision for music that explicitly glorifies the Lord. Like it wasn't it wasn't going to be ambiguous it was going to be explicit and I think that was what it was back then and, and, and a lot of us were on that. Not everyone but a lot of us were really about that when I would go to festivals I'd be see guys from Goatee Records like John Rubin and or like KJ52 I'd see The Grits we used to, I used to do shows with The Grits with Terrell and them they were good dudes but their music I was like, man, I could, I don't know what they talking. Like, I, it wasn't like I was walking away like the Lord is amazing. You know, I would, I'd hear their music and be like, all right, it's a, it's a, it's a positive alternative instead of listening to Goody Mob. Yeah. You know, it just <laughs> necessarily that, that not, not that they were like Goody Mob, but you know what I'm getting. Yeah, so yeah. 
think there was a desire to see God glorified in specifically uh, music that explicitly highlighted Christ. Yeah. I think that was a wonderful thing, but it also pigeonholed people. Because if you wanted to express yourself in ways that weren't explaining some theological truth or something, then some guys wouldn't accept you into the circle. But it was a lot of, there was a gift, but there was a lot of curse that came with that as well. And so now today with a lot changed where the music has been so widely accepted that there is this, there, it, it's become sort of a, a more of a financial reality. And now with, with so many people having public platforms, what we get is, I believe an overcrowded, uh, I want to be heard. I want to be, I want to be, people want to be the credit. They want to have his platform. They want that notoriety. And so the music now is so fragmented. It's so eclectic, if you will, that people represent Christian music, but you can't really tell. Like it's yeah. not explicit. It's not always clear. And I'm not saying that always every song has to be. You guys have heard my music. There's yeah, songs yeah. where mm-hmm. it's not like every song with Jesus is this. Mm-hmm. But like you can't listen to a Kurt Kennedy project and not know who I believe in and what I believe. Yeah. I may say some things that shock you, and you might be like, "Oh, he said that," or I might. But like, you can't listen to my music and walk away from it and wonder what does he actually believe. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of the music now is sort of biblically ambiguous. Mm-hmm. I'm only saying biblically because people profess to be Christian. With a lot of it's just very ambiguous and so and it's just oversaturated I think once the doors opened up you had guys getting saved that always wanted to rap but now they can do it in this world so I think what guys did was they brought the desire to be, you know most of the guys that rap wanted to be rappers when they weren't Christians the guys who weren't Christians and got saved right like a bizzle and 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 uh, 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 um Fizzle, guys like that. Yeah. Like you get saved and then you bring that same energy, you know, to mm-hmm. the Christian side of it. And so for some guys, I think it became a different platform, but a, a desire to fulfill my dream. And it wasn't always yeah. about Christ's glory and all of that stuff. So when Lecrae shifted, I didn't fault him for wanting to kind of do different music, but the way he did it, he didn't do it well. Yeah. And so yeah. what he did was he opened a, a, a door, not his, not him, but the worship of Lecrae, to be honest. It was the idolization, because in mm-hmm. Christian music, it's no different. You idolize, people will idolize me. I mean, I'm doing a concert, and I got a line of people wanting my autograph. And it was just always weird to me. Like, I was like, man, if my wife could see this, she would laugh. Like, <laughs> man, you ain't even doing dishes yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not like an amazing dude. You just like my music. So it was always just weird to sign autographs, but we did it because, you know, we thought, hey, listen, this is what it serves people. But I always thought it was weird, but some guys thought, man, I'm, my, I'm the star is born, so to speak. So when the Cray kind of transitioned and people saw, wow, there's a there's a, there's a a market, there's a road for for that, I think a lot of music then became about, and I don't, I don't blame Lecrae, but I blame the idolization yeah. of him mm-hmm. that people then became, all right, I want to be like that. I want to. I want to be. I want to be known because it's like I want my music known. There's no artist that does music that doesn't want people to hear. Yeah. So and I don't even. That's not humble. Like I listen to my music. I like my music. I don't. I don't think I should record it and it's proud to not listen to my music. <laughs> I bump Kirk Kennedy when I'm riding. You know? <laughs> Especially if I'm working on a project. 
if I'm working on an album or just finishing or something, I'm about Kirk Kennedy for a little bit. I'm a, I like my music. That's why I make it. So I think, I think, but I think what happened was a lot of guys wanted to be on that level and to get accepted. Once they saw, whoa, you can get accepted. The, the explicit stuff wasn't as cool as much. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where we are. Like, if you're a really explicit Christian, it's kind of like, uh, yeah. Until Kanye West comes up, and Kanye West <laughs> drops Richard. Jesus is King, and you know, but obviously that's a, that's sort of an anomaly because he's yeah. Kanye West, right? So, but yeah, so I just think it, now I find it it's just ambiguous. There's a lot of stuff I don't even listen to. I mean, I, I, it's, it, there's a few artists that I like, and apart from that, I don't really listen mm-hmm. to much Christian rap because I feel like it also copies. It, it tries to mimic what the world doing yeah, and it doesn't yep. mm-hmm. not creative enough for me and there's a lot of music that's good like there are artists that are good but I listen to the music and it's like ah. yeah like it's just not it's not it's not moving it's not enough <laughs> the, maybe the, it's me but no I, no that, that, that's you know. real that's real because I was man how old I was 11 years old when I first heard my first uh, CHH song was uh, Antonius back uh, uh, like it was like 98, 99 um from Great Tree, his old school um, CHH mm-hmm. label, Antonius, and then he did his video on TBN, and it was you know it was about you know the money, like remember that song, the money. money. <laughs> so I first I first heard that song back in the late '90s, and then so you know we grew up in a Christian household and everything, and so I've, I've always listened to to Christian rap, you know. And then I strayed went to the world, did my thing, but I, I've always had an ear uh, towards Christian rap, and. As the music progressed in the world, so did CHH along with it. So everything that the world was doing, uh, Christian rap was right behind it. You know what I mean? When the mm. beats changed to more of the club scene, more of the you know party uh, music, that Christian rap started doing the same thing. You know what I mean? It, it really went along with the times to where we're at today, um, with the whole mumble rap and everything. You get the same thing in Christian rap. You know what I mean? So CHH unfortunately has always moved with the times and never has really stuck out. You know, you get those certain artists that that do and and they. You, they definitely stick out but as, as a whole it's like man y'all just sounding the same you know what I mean and it, and it kind of it kind of kind of kind of when 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 Lecrae won that Grammy what he said man it kind of kind of you know it was sad to me because he said I'm just I'm an inspiration right I'm just I'm just another dude y'all let me in here it's like man that's not what we trying to be you know what I mean we ain't trying to be just well, another rapper did, man. You know? he, wanted to be, he wanted to be accepted as a dope rapper yeah. and that's yeah. part of what happened for him it became about acceptance as a dope MC yeah and to do that, you had to distance yourself from the identity that got you to the point where you could even pursue that. So mm-hmm. that's what happened, I think. You know, and, and now you see him now, and it's just like, bro, I don't even, yeah. I don't even recognize you right now. Like yeah. it's just like, so I'm not mm-hmm. saying he's not a believer. I'm not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I don't even know. I don't really give it much thought to be honest. Like life, my life was never intertwined with what Lecrae's doing. But I just think it's just you just you see things, you like, wow, man, and so. But I think, yeah, I think Christian rap has has lost, and now maybe it never had. Well, I think it did at some point, but I think it's lost the essence of creativity because we belong to the Lord, mm, not uh-huh. because we can do what the world does. Yeah, yeah, and Jim. I think that's the difference. Like I, I try to push myself to be creative because I think, man, I'm I'm competing with them. Like I'm competing. I'm competing with. 
I get inspired by like Kendrick Lamar music mm-hmm. and I still and J. Cole. I listen to their stuff. I want to hear what they're doing and I want my music to compete with them. Yeah. Not on like, oh, I'm an alternative to them. Nah, but I'm just competing with them for worldview, for yeah. for for a skill set, all of that stuff. Like I'll put I'll put C4 against Good kid, oh, Mad yeah. City. I'll put any of my albums, the last three, against any album because that's what we should do. And it's not just the mm-hmm. the bravado of hip hop. It's like, nah, it's it's not. I can I can be creative. I can do yeah. things because of the Lord, because it's the Lord is limitless in that. And even though it doesn't mean I'm, I can do everything, but you know, you know, you listen to a Kirk Kenny project, you're going to hear variety, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You might hear this, you're going to hear this stuff. I think I think Christian hip hop is missing that, man. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's what I struggle with. Like, guys, it's just the same old tired sound. And it's just like, nah, be creative. Put your yeah. envelope something like to give give the listener something different. Like I don't I want you to not know what song style is coming next. Yeah, yeah. I don't want you to be like, okay, another trap beat, here we go, fourth trap beat in a row. Fifth trap, <laughs> boom bap, here we go. Fourth big boom bap beat in a row. Okay, I know where this is going. You know, you can listen to the next five songs for the first thirty seconds, like, all right, cool. Yeah. I want you to not know where what's what's happening, what's gonna come next. And I think that's what's missing yeah. in hip hop. It's not that that that, and I don't blame artists. You, you you stream your music. You don't you don't make as much money if you if you stream it initially. People are going to stream it rather than buy it. So you don't want to put the effort into making a quality album for people to just download it for free. So it's kind of causation as well. But yeah, I still I, think we should push the envelope. I, I think that's that's one of the things that um, I remember from your season one in your podcast when you and and um, uh, Tom Stallone. Tom Stallone. Tom Stallone. <laughs> How you guys did the ACHH Dead uh, yeah, series? That was, that was dope. And uh, yeah, you, you brought cool, you yeah. brought everyone back to you know late to the eighties to the nineties and you know all all the different eras of CHH and how and how you pointed out how before in a way CHH was leading in 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 the early nineties around that time and how they were actually not not so much following the culture and, and and the shift in the music but instead they were actually competing amongst everyone else just as how you were mentioning and then and then of course as time progressed now all of a sudden we see the shift where now everyone just following in that but um I, and and you know and, and even then just moving forward i've really appreciated how um in your music how you do that you know how you said you don't you don't hear the same sound and one example i would use is i i think around the same time your philosophy album came out i think it was nf dropped his album yeah and oh, and i remember i told martin yeah. i remember i told martin i was like man i i i like some of nf's music but i feel like man all his songs sound almost the same yeah <laughs> same beat it works for him yeah same but it's beat. the same it's like you got it's the same problem every song exactly you know, I wasn't accepted probably didn't raise me I wasn't accepted it's just like fam do you, have you had a good day in the last <laughs> that's some like, real stuff have you had stuff. any ice cream or something you know it's just like, wow. yeah no it's just that real <laughs> But but yeah, and, and that's one of the things too. Like, man, we need to get back to being creative and doing our own thing. Yeah. And then even too in in my own life, how how you mentioned about like you know some people in Christian rap are, are only coming up because they couldn't do it in the world. But like how in in my own life, I found myself when I I wanted to start my own shirt my own shirt brand. That was something I wanted to do even before the Lord. 
But then I found like, oh, you know, well, well here now that I'm a Christian, now now let me do this and 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 and, and you know start doing Christian brand and, and come up and do this. But then as I started the process and and started doing all that, I was convicted and I had to drop it because like, man, like, why am I really doing this? Am I doing this because it's so easy to come up in the Christian area to start doing this, or am I really doing this for the Lord? And it's just almost one of those things where it's like, man, like, like, like we need to all ask ourselves, even those in the CHH, so like, like, why, why are they really doing this? Is it because it's an easy come up? Because now, now you're around Christian folk, you just say Jesus, and you're able to come up easier, or, or are you really doing this for the Lord? Like, this is something that's bearing burden over you to want to do this. But I, 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 I could hear that in a way in your music that you're not doing this um, just to get a, a bigger platform to go and. You know, start start selling out shows, but you're doing this to to provide a, a way of 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 us as a listener to ask ourselves some questions yeah. and seek truth through that. You know how you share your views on certain topics and how it only challenges us to want to seek the the word and and what the Bible says about it, and that we may form our own views on certain things that 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 maybe we weren't asked in our church or weren't asked um, even just in our communities. Yeah, now nah, that's real, man. I, 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 what I hope to do is to do that, make that happen, man. Mm-hmm. I, I wish more artists would would care enough about the art form to do that. Yeah, I think it would be. I think we could do a lot. I, and that's why I think the excitement for me with Kanye was twofold. It was, oh, he's a Christian. Let's hear what he's, what he's talking about. But I know he's going to be creative. He's going to try some stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what I get inspired by. I get inspired by artists. Yeah. So, so before we get into you know uh, your album philosophy real quick, uh, what do you think? You know, hip hop is an art form, is a way to express yourself. It's always been a platform to really, uh, really you know put your thoughts on a beat, have people listen to it, and it's always been an expressive form. Do you think that CHH needs to be? ministry per se or can it be just a way to express yourself as a christian on a beat like just like regular hip-hop does it have to be ministry what are your thoughts on that real quick i don't think it has to be ministry no well well, let me rephrase that i think anytime it's connected to the lord it's ministry yeah Mm -hmm. so so you look at ephesians for you know we we kind of formalized ministry right and we've made it somewhat positional, you know, like pastor, elder, you know, deacon, you know, ministry team leader, counselor. But like ministry, you know, Ephesians 4 says equip the saints for the work of ministry, right? Mm-hmm. So so saints are supposed to do ministry. Ministry, anytime you are, it's connected to the Lord, whether it's musical expression or whether it's speaking or writing or whatever that is, that is ministry. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be a formal position in the church. Even the idea of senior pastor, you can't find a lead pastor in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. That there's no qualifications for a senior pastor versus a not. You know, even these dynamics are all just sort of how we govern our churches and how we think about it. So I think when it extends to an art form of hip hop and music, I think it's always ministry. Whenever you're a Christian and you're going, and your content is going to say anything about. Christian way of life, the Christian worldview. It's always ministry. I think to explicitly say I can only do, I, I don't necessarily agree with that per se. I think you, it's, I think it's going to be difficult to do music with a worldview of Christianity when you're trying to not offend people, right? Mm-hmm. So, and this is why I think this is why this rub happens. Where I, I'm just a Christian who raps versus a Christian rapper. Yeah. 
the reality is the gospel is offensive, right? Mm-hmm. You just can't, there's no way around it. It's just offensive. Like it's, you're told you're not good enough. <laughs> and not only are you not good enough, the, the good that you do is not good enough to save you. Yeah. So you got to believe in somebody else just to get to the place that you, that you think you deserve to go, which is heaven. So it's offensive anyway. And mm-hmm. I think we, we, we're in a culture, as we talked about earlier, people just being offended at anything, trying to create this context where how do I share the gospel or preach or rap or do whatever and not be offensive and be accepted? And I think you just have to get to the point where, look, if this ministry is going to be offensive to some people. So I, I think these distinctions are, don't, aren't necessary, but I do think you have a personal conviction to honor the Lord, right? First Corinthians 10, 31. Whatever you do, whether mm-hmm. you eat or drink, it has to honor the Lord. So it's incumbent upon me to be able to, at least, I should be able to tell you why my music honors the Lord from my perspective. Mm-hmm. I think I should be able to tell you that and... And to some degree, I, I would hope that you should be able to see it, right? You judge a tree by its fruit. So the fruit that comes out of music should be obvious. So does it have to be formal ministry? I don't think so. But I think the fruit should be there. Yeah. And I think I should be able to tell you how I'm glorifying the Lord doing this particular brand of music. Because I'm called to do that regardless as to what people think. I, I'm, 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 I'm responsible to do that. And I think that another, is another thing that's missing. People are disconnected from the responsibility to honor the Lord. You can't compartmentalize your music, your tweets, your Facebook posts. That's all you. You know, mm-hmm. the Lord is not like, oh, okay, well, you were rude on Twitter and Facebook. Well, <laughs> that's something else. Your music was good, though. Nah, that's all you, you know. Yeah. So I think all of it, whether it's formal ministry or it's all you, you got to honor the Lord yeah. or whatever you do. Amen. And so, yeah, man. So, getting into uh, philosophy real quick, your your recent album, um, man. Just just like your your past uh, albums before with C4 and the Appendix, I can imagine it takes a lot of studying, a lot of uh, time research. of research, uh, not only to get the, the the clips that you have on there, but to express the thought that you're trying to that they that you're trying to um, um, put on the track. So, what process do you undergo uh, while preparing an album? You know what I mean? Like, are you trying to fast for a week? See the, the Lord reveals to you the lyrics or something? Because <laughs> hey, hey, it's a, I think it's a thin line between inspiration. You know what I mean? Right there, you know. Yeah. So, what process do you, do 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 you go to 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 do one of these albums? A lot of sackcloth and a lot of ashes. <laughs> <laughs> So I, you know, I I think I, it's so natural for me to do music this way that I don't always think about what I do, but I feel a burden to communicate a thematic message on an album. Mm-hmm. I want to take you on a journey, both creatively, I want to take you on a journey culturally, and then theologically. So what I try to do is, and I think I care about truth, right? So any believer, any believer cares about truth, should care about truth. So truth matters to me. And there's truth in a lot of different places. All truth is God's truth. Truth matters. Yeah. So for me, when I'm working on an album, I usually, what's funny is I never know where it's going to go. Like I'll have a concept idea. And I'll start recording. And then 
it just it begins to take a life of its own it's almost like i'm watching the album unfold i'll start to because it's important for me to read things because i don't just rap i don't you know you know i don't just get up there and talk about the yeah. lord is good i'm looking for punchlines to talk yeah. about mm-hmm. how great the kingdom of and I ain't, I ain't knocking that some people do that and that's their thing yeah. but it's just not what i do you know like i'm not that type of rapper so for me i need to say something because I'm com- I'm asking you to buy my music and I'm competing with a lot of other music that I feel like is easier to listen to because it's not saying nothing. So like you said, you got to go back seven songs. And I want people to feel like, all right, this is like a mo- musical movie, an album entry. So yeah. what I do is I do a lot of reading. I read a lot of articles. I read chapters and books. I mean, Appendix was like working on the dissertation. I mean, that, <laughs> that album required me to go back and buy history books, read chapters that I felt like I needed to understand. I, you know, uh, would watch videos and and be like, all right, I'm going to save this one. This, I have a feeling I might want to use this. And then over time, it just started to connect and come together. Philosophy in particular was a little different because a funny thing is, I never wanted philosophy to be deep. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give the listeners a break. I was like, after Appendix, I'm going to just chill out. I'm a more, I was going to have more fun like what we did on Emotional, me and Strike. Mm-hmm, yeah. That was more just some bars and punches. Yeah. And I intended it to be like a little lighter and not. But man, I just, I get it. Man, I start rapping, start coming, and then, and then it's like, man, I can't just do no punchline stuff, man. I got to say something. Yeah. So, so I, then it starts to kind of think like, all right, what are the things I want to hit? So if you notice what happens, what I end up doing, I didn't realize this. The Lord showed me that I do this after I finished while I was working on philosophy. I will take typically a song or two mm-hmm. and make an album out of that theme. I'll take a song or two from the previous album and develop that whole theme. Right. So like on, like on uh, C4, right. I do this album, crazy joint, 29 songs, right? No features, right? I'm a madman, right? I only have singers on there, no features. And that, I'll tell you what, that's another reason why creativity matters is because I'm asking you to listen to my stuff. To carry a whole album, 29, 25 songs, in this day and age, and not have people feel like, man, this is too long, is unheard of, right? So yeah. you gotta be, you gotta give people enough creativity. Mm-hmm. I can't do a 29, you know, 20 song trap album. You gotta be, yeah. why do you think so many rappers have features, right? I'm from on the secular world. Yeah. Everybody has features. You got discount or something. Because people don't have the attention span to listen to one person anymore, and especially with your limited staff. So I try to, I gotta be really creative. So C4, I knew that I was, I was struggling with the lack of love and in the church and the lack of and, and sort of the the judgment on on race and just sort of the the lack of balance is what I struggled mm-hmm. with. I was like, huh? So that's where justice comes in. So I can point at the racist cops who those who were there. I can point at the hood and say, man, mm-hmm. you wrong. So I had this idea to kind of present this balance, but also challenge the church a little bit and be like, hey, you know, y'all haven't done let's not act like the history that the American church has is all like Oh, look at what we've done for God. It's like, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. So C4 was me kind of slowly building a, you know, I always talk to the hood on every album I do. I always got a song or two for the street. But then I kind of moved towards a 
and, and trying to help the church process where are we really at right now as mm-hmm. it relates to the culture? How are we really seen? So C4, I'm developing this and it becomes an album. But then the appendix, I end up looking at songs like Colors, mm. like uh, A Fail, like 12-7. And I realized that I need to double down on the church and the historical nature of the church. Or what is, so then the appendix becomes an exposition of like three songs on C4. Mm-hmm. I just pull that out and develop a whole. And then once I do the appendix, then I'm like, okay. I'm, but then the appendix, then philosophy's coming. And I'm like, oh man, I need to kind of do an exposition of gay is the new black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, now you get, you get, you get the appendix. And then you hear that. And that's really a historical sort of how do we get here? How do we yeah. get to this place? I would walk you through that, give you facts and all that. But then I'm realizing, hey, man, that gay is the new black. People misunderstood that. When I put that out, <laughs> people were like, they thought I was agreeing with this, with the, with the term. Some people were feeling, I was like, fam, you ain't listening to the album. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I realized, like, hold on, man, you're not listening to what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm actually pushing back against the notion yeah. that gay is the new black, but that people are accepting it because all that stuff. So that people didn't get that. But I was like, all right, cool. So philosophy becomes an exposition of that actual song of me realizing I need to address this a little bit more at all. I haven't spent, and I was and I was seeing this develop with the transgender movement. I was watching this stuff like, wow, this is moving really, really fast. Yeah. And that's why I believe, that's why I believe it's of the enemy because these things don't move with this speed yeah. mm-hmm. and this acceptance unless the enemy is allowed to affect the people that, uh, that he's taken captive of according to 2 Timothy 2.26. So, so I was like, all right, I need to develop this. So I knew where I was going. I thought, you know, the first couple songs, I kind of set in motion the demonic activity that's behind the culture that we're living in. Is what I really wanted to make sure everybody understood. And then the, 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 the application, the main application, was the LGBT community. I really wanted to take a moment and sort of take that gay as a new black and do an exposition and expose that. Ephesians 5.11, expose the deeds of yeah. darkness. Let's expose this movement. And I because my goal is that I want believers to are like, hey, do you see this? Yeah. Do you mm-hmm. see this was happening? Do you realize what's happening in the culture? Do you realize how we're perceived by the culture? That's mainly what I care about. That's what I care about mostly is hey, believer, do you see this? Like, let me explain to you. Do you see this? You know, let's let's look at abomination and let's and I try to make the connections that I see. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. This is what I see. This is where all this is coming from. I see this is happening. I'm, I get into it to try to help you understand. So that's, that's a lot of how my process works. I end up picking up on a theme or a song from a previous project, and I just developed it until it becomes its own thing. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is you played uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, and you're bringing this into another dream, and you keep taking it to another <laughs> layer. <laughs> Right. No, yeah, it's, for real. It's Benception, the black inception. <laughs> no, that's crazy because um, they've they've added the the black and brown colors to to the LGBT flag. That's funny. And I was like, whoa, that's, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> that right? kind of blew my mind. I was like, dang. Now now that's the argument. I, you weren't really hearing that argument um, before, and now it kind of seems that has surfaced. And now it's like. Man, this, this is like a prophetic thing right here. You know what I mean? Like on the real. Oh, I mean, the Lord just told me like, Lord, you just something else, man. Because this stuff is like, 
and again, uh, who am I, right? The Lord doesn't need me, but he he does that. He allows mm-hmm. the music that I make to be like, wow, this is, he said this. Like, yeah, for real. Like then, and now it's happening now, so now, so it's just, it's really interesting, all the stuff that I see playing out. And, and that's the trip, because during these re- recent times with the whole uh, George Floyd situation, um, I would listen to C4 and Appendix and kind of like, okay now i get it now i understand because these are the things that you've been saying and back then it wasn't to the level that is at now uh and now it's like i can go back oh i get it i get it you know i mean i understand what what you were saying and it kind of like you know the light bulb click and i was like whoa this is this is some deep stuff right here now i get that and now you look at you know it was the black lives matter and now the black trans matter and just yeah and there's queer rights and is, is, are the same as black rights and all that it's just there it is and so now philosophy is relevant it's a relevant yeah, album because yeah. it exposes the ideology what's interesting about this I was having this conversation with a brother yesterday we were talking about LGBT community and then gay Christians in the church and how do you okay. how do we manage that and be loving and not approving and I said you know what's interesting is the community they equate love and approval like in order to be loving mm-hmm. to LGBTQ people you have to approve of their sexuality yeah and what's, what I find fascinating is you you want me to change what I think the Bible says about about that to make you feel like but you not even convincing the people that have the same struggles that you have like I know people who would identify as same sex attracted who read the same scriptures I read and come to the conclusion that I come to that it doesn't glorify God. Yeah. And so they see it as a cross that they have to carry. So these are people that would benefit from the pro-gay translation of the Bible. So you got people who read the same Bible that I read, come to the same conclusions I come to, and you want me to change my mind on what I think when you're not even convincing the people who have the same struggle that you have the same sexual desire that you have, you're not even convincing those folks. So why should I change what I think when you're not even convincing people that would actually benefit from your translation of the Bible? It's just, it's, it's, it's amazing to me. And then you think uh, the transgender community, you're saying there's no gender. Gender is fluid. So if there's no gender, then there's no such thing as gay or lesbian because that's a gender. Yeah. Gay and lesbians want the same, they want... You're saying there is no gender, and so a lesbian should want to be with a trans woman because you're saying you're a woman, even though you're not one biologically. And so uh, that's when it gets all confusing. <laughs> right, right. So you got lesbians who are saying, "I'm not going to date you because you're not a woman. I'm attracted to women." They say, "No, I'm a woman. I'm a trans woman. I'm a man who's a woman." And they're like, "No, you're not." So there's a lot of infighting within yeah. them, and it's with and they and they and they they classify them as sort of like this unified front, like LGBTQ. They're not unified. Yeah, mm-hmm. like they don't. Lesbians and gay people do not bang with transgender. Mm-hmm. You know, bisexual. They don't like them either because it's like, man, pick us up. So I just feel like this is a community that gets lumped in monolithically as this united force. When in reality, they're fighting amongst themselves. So I'm supposed to I'm supposed to change what I believe yeah. to be loving. And you can't even agree upon yourselves what's actually true. It's just, yeah. it's fascinating to me to see this happen, and that's some of the things that I wanted to expose on philosophy. 
Yeah, uh, uh, for, the, for the past couple of days, I, I've been bumping philosophy, and so you can you can really see how, how relatable it is for today. I, I love all, all the clips that, that 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 was inserted in because you can you can tell that, that that's how the world is right now, and, and I just I just uh, I, I've been listening to to all the whole, the whole album at work in my headphones. I'm just like, man, this is this is so good. And so uh, uh, one of the questions that, that I have for you is, what was your favorite song to work on in that album? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what was my favorite song? That's always a hard question to answer because they're all my babies. You know, they're all like, um, what was my favorite song to work on? Um, you know, it's uh, man, I don't know if I have one, I don't know if I can reduce it to one, but I know one song I remember when I got the beat, I was like, oh, like, was, um. Well, actually, there's a couple that I felt like that, but um, I think, man, that's a that's a good one. So I really, Your Jesus is one of my favorite joints. Like I really like when I heard that beat, I was like, oh man, I can just really say some. Like this is a song where I gotta say some stuff. I'm like I gotta poke at something when I first heard the beat. I just I like samples with with a with a voice in the sample, and I don't always get those beats. So I was like, because you know, I, I find my own beats. Like, I'm not like like Lecrae. He got people wanting to make beats for him. Like me, I got to spend hours and hours. That's another part of the process in and of itself. I need mm-hmm. to find music that I think is good, that doesn't sound like other music that I have, and that will stimulate the listener, you know? So for me, it's always a challenge to, um, to make sure I got beats to do that. So when I come across a beat that I feel like is like, ah, uh, yeah, this is it. <laughs> so Your Jesus was one that I felt like uh, I really, really banged with, and I loved it as soon as I heard it. I was like, man, this is it. Um, another one that I was like, oh, I just was oh me. Mm-hmm. I really loved that beat because it reminded me of like 50 Cent. It just reminded me of that era. Yeah, of like yeah. it, so I kind of channeled my fifty cent doing <laughs> that. Um, I think the probably out of all of them, though, the one that for me was the most fun to do was actually the hardest one to do, and that was the Power of Babel. Mm-hmm. So that one was hard because that kind of beat is sort of a trap kind of beat, and I was like. And then, but I had it, I wanted to strip down I wanted it plain I, wanted, I didn't want to put too much on it because I wanted what I said to kind of grab you there was so much that was the last song I did I waited because I had that beat for a while and I was like man I need to really develop the majority of the album before I write that one of the beauties that I do is I don't write my songs in order so mm-hmm. if I if I do if I do like uh, you know I got a gun or something. I wrote that. Mm-hmm. And I know like, okay, I've already said some things in that. I know what, now I can't say this in these songs or I can say this in the song that will connect to this song later. And then the listener will be like, oh, wow. He made it. You know, so that's the beauty of just writing kind of how you feel, like where you feel like it's going. Um, but I think Power of Babel for me is, is probably, it's the wildest song on the album in terms of like what I'm talking about and, w- and where I'm at. But I think it's the most concerning song mm-hmm. in terms of the movement of where we're headed and sort of from trans 
engendered into the transhumanism and this 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 idea of of humanity no longer identifying as human yeah. and so once you do that then anything you do like marrying a robot or or, or trying, you know whatever that is you know <laughs> yeah right thinking you're out right all these things like like, like like on that skit she was like you know we've grown in our stream of consciousness yeah. no we've grown <laughs> in our consciousness of foolishness right so but it's just it's, it's that that that's a scary reaction that's where we're yeah. headed mm-hmm. it's this idea that yeah. I no longer identify as a human. And it seems like so far-fetched now, but we would have thought, who, I mean, there are people really identifying this stuff that we thought, you gotta be kidding me. So I think this, that song to me was one that represented a lot of, um, uh, that rights is another one. I just, yeah. I really like mm. doing that joint. Rights is just like that. Just being able to kind of give you that sort of mumble rap feel. Like I like playing yeah. around with different stuff. It's like, like I like to be like, man, you ain't. I can yeah. do that too. You know, yeah. I'm gonna do it. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna tighten it up and have fun with it, and do that. So, right is another one that I'll yeah. like listen to. That like I'll throw that on. Like one of the first songs I want to listen to might be that because of just what 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 was happening with that song and how it worked. Yeah, I like I like how you you switch up the flow in in a couple of your songs. Even with that song with Rachel, like hold up, hold you going in right now? I, I need you to get <laughs> down right now. You just start spitting. Like, yeah. Right, yeah. And I, well, as for me, uh, one of my favorite ones would be Abomination. Mm, yeah, yeah. Mm, mm, yep. that, video for that is dropping too. Ooh, man, Dang. that one is you got a, a crazy banger. video for Abomination. That, that is a banger, man. Just I, I, I was cool with the with the uh, slow melody in the beginning. When I first heard it, I was like, "All right, this is cool. Something to cruise to." And all of a sudden, it switches up on you, and you start spitting and getting in with that beat. Oh, oh yeah. my goodness, that was crazy. <laughs> Just like coming out hard. Honestly, you know, yeah, I didn't think people were gonna like it. Funny man, every time there's always one or two songs on every album. I'm like, yeah, people are probably gonna like this joint, but I'm still gonna do it. And I'm always, it's, I just be proven wrong. Trees, I did that with Trees on C4. Oh yeah, and I was like, man, people are probably ain't gonna like these. People was like, yo, that's my favorite joint. Yeah. Just, <laughs> so I, I got more feedback about Abomination when I first dropped the project. I was shocked. I was like, because I thought it was too slow. People would be like, ah, oh, but this is boring. Uh, the lab and group, and all of a sudden, okay. people were like, "Yo, that's the joint!" And so, I, yeah, that's 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 the next video. Man. The, that one right there, it, it really resonated with me because when you said, "and we all became Americans," I remember I, me, you know, being being brown um, in my school. I was uh, when 9/11 happened. I was in eighth grade, I think, and I was in the. I was I was in the I was in the Mexican class, you know what I mean? With largely white yeah. uh, uh, school, and we had our own clique, right? And so we were in the class with all all the, all the Mexicans, and the teacher was white, and she was talking for the first time I ever heard in my life, as if we were included in the nation, and that's how I felt even back then that we were all in this together. You know how they're saying that, but we were all unified in 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 this whole situation because it it hit the country as a whole so for the first time in american history we were all or in my lifetime at least um we were all considered as one you know what i mean and we were included in that and that was the first time me you know my 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 parents straight from mexico you know mexican neighborhood and everything all my friends are mexican and so the first time i see this white teacher including me 
in the in the nation you know what i mean and that's how i felt yeah. and and I've, i was I, I always felt like that but when then you put it um to a beat like that it's like man like that really expresses the way that i was feeling even all the way back then to all the way now it's like that's exactly what happened we were all americans this for, yeah. for the first time in 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 my lifetime we, i was included with with uh in america you know what i mean and so but you were just taking that concept how we were all uni unified and then obama came through and then that slowly started to take the turn um to to where we're at now you know what i mean and so that was that was yeah. really some because I, I i liked i liked the I, that's what it got me the most to 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 listen to that to that first part because yeah it was slow but it was it was you were saying some real stuff and just you know we were all Americans that was, that was dope and then just the switch woo it was oh, almost man. like you said in the song how um, after Obama was inaugurated and, and then all of a sudden things just went left yeah and, and it was sort of like the beat left. it yeah. started off slow and then all of a sudden it just went quick yeah like the changes happened quick <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's the so that's the for me the creative side like let me take yeah. them on a journey like let's let's have fun with it like you know we're just listening like we're sort of lulled in like the whole point is we're just kind of lulled in mm -hmm. and then we think like hey you know 9-11 hits and then the focus is on like terrorism and it's like it almost seems like racism is sort of you know I mean obviously we had Katrina and Kanye West like George Bush does not like black people, but it, it, you know you had all of that. If y'all remember that, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so that all that's going on. But I mean, it just seemed like things are really changing. The emphasis was less about even that statement was more about like FEMA, and it's mm. not getting to people quickly and stuff like that. There's, the emphasis it just seemed like it changed. Then Obama becomes president, and I think I mean to be honest with you, I think a lot of the outrage we're seeing right now is because we felt like things had really progressed way further than they, they were. Mm -hmm. And, r r you know, racially, like you had all, it just seemed like, well, we got a black president. Even for, we, we feel like Americans, like there's no, you know, people are taking the police officers and fire department. We respect mm -hmm. them because of 9-11 and things were just changing a little bit. And then Obama gets in and then it's like, okay, this is, all right, this is better. We're and then all of a sudden he, he changes the culture on the sexuality tip. Mm -hmm. He ushers in just really just a, a moral decadence, but I think it's like, whoa, what just what just happened? Like everything was cool, and then he starts evolving in his issue. The next thing you know, you know, defensive marriage act is it, it, unconstitutional, and all of a sudden, all this stuff just opens up, and then boom, and it all happened really fast. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's just like whoa. That's why it's like all of a sudden, then everything quickly went left. But you know, I just start to, I want you to experience that whoa, like you're flying fast because it is just a crazy thing to happen. It happened really, really quick. And then here we are now. It, one of the, the things, I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but uh, yeah. I, I mean, as as myself, with, with alone, uh, <laughs> that dude is the, he's, the, he's the resident conspiracy theorist. That guy's funny, man. Um, but uh, yeah, I like I'm missing. But uh, as, as far as just like it, it, it's funny to see how when things happen that may seem south in the country as far as um for example in the 90s there was the rodney king riots and all that had happened you know nearby right here and then all of a sudden the the twin the the two towers the twin towers 
um, that whole happened all of a sudden everybody's united it's like almost that that whole slate was like wiped clean in a way people just forgot about everything that had happened and then now moving forward it's just like it, it's it's almost like I think you mentioned in one of your songs uh, Pavlov's Bells right about mm-hmm. the, the experiment that they did with the dogs and, and trying to get them to react to certain responses and things like that it's almost like we we see that happening that, that almost like we're all being um, I guess you would uh, I don't know what you call that in, in the same way as those tests with Pavlov's Bells that we're almost being conditioned to respond in a certain way that if we don't respond in a certain way now we're being looked at in a different way and then yeah, that's yeah, where that yeah, whole true. that's where that whole cancel culture now fits into what's going on and 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 so now we're being pushed to to now progress in the way that they want us to progress otherwise we'll be canceled and then and then we see that shift coming and then and and you know even in your music how you go on to point that out and then that's one of the things i really appreciate about this recent album i mean as far as as it's even more relatable now today but then i'm, I'm also excited to hear even just what's going to happen in the next album because I'm pretty sure uh, you won't be able to stick to, to what you wanted to do. And even uh, <laughs> when you said that you wanted to do just some fun songs and in um, this album and you ended up going, you know, this whole rabbit hole, not rabbit hole, but you ended up going down this whole album right. entry and this. Yeah. I feel like in this next album, you're probably going to end up doing the same thing because of everything that's been <laughs> happening so far in 2020. <laughs> but uh, Thank you what, man. yeah, I'm actually, man, I haven't I don't think anybody knows this. I'm going to give you guys this. So, apologist from Christ Centric mm-hmm. is a buddy of mine. He um, he asked me, could we do like a project together? Hmm. And just we haven't done a project together in since like uh, 2006. My second album, as Voice the Crucible, I did with Apologist. Well, this so we so we're doing like an eight song uh, project called uh, the Drawing Board because his stuff it's his production his. So he asked me to kind of not be Kurt Kennedy and just kind of <laughs> bars and punches and all of that stuff. So I was like, we, I said, let's do a 12 song project and let me add a little bit of what I do. <laughs> he was like, all right. But then as all this stuff started to flare up, mm-hmm. I was like, hey, Will, man, we need to, we, that's Apologist's real name, William. Like Will Mendoza. So I said, Will, man, hey, bro, let's go back to the original idea. Let's do the eight songs because I kind of got them except for like two or three I got those written we can record those you can put them out there's too much going on I just have some stuff to say man so <laughs> I said I can't I can't I can't and he said nah 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 I know bro I was hoping you would say that but I said I just need to so I know Shylin is dropping Lyrical Theology 3 yeah. Sociology I'm looking forward to hearing yeah. what he's gonna say uh, I wanna see I think he's gonna get some pushback I talked to him not too long ago I think he's he came over. We was chilling, playing chess and stuff, and talking through it. I think he's gonna get pushback in ways that he may be surprised if he's going where I think he's gonna go. Mm-hmm. But shy is not me though, and so shy is not gonna hit some of the stuff I hit. So I just I decided that so Will's gonna put out that project. It'll do what it does. It's not gonna be the typical what you expect from Kirk Kennedy. So mm-hmm. it's fun in that sense. It's a break from what you so the break I wanted to give the listeners you can get when you hear the drawing board right <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put out a 12 a 13 song project in late October early November called the pandemic mm-hmm. so I just feel like I don't wanna wait till <laughs> next year I have some stuff I wanna say about what's happening right now yeah and I just have some angles that I just feel like 
oh man, I see where this is. You know, it'd be a little bit of I see where this is headed. Yeah. I see what. So I just have some thoughts about a lot of what we're seeing right now. But I just thought, man, I, I just, I'm, I can't wait to, <laughs> to, to, till next year, man. So I thought, ah, who cares? If it's too much music, don't buy it. But I'm going to put out <laughs> 13 songs. So I'm going to give it, so that's what I'm going to give it to him light. Now watch it end up being 17, 18 songs. That's going to be 13, right? Hey, who but, knows what's going to happen in the next couple months, man? This is difference. Yeah, tell you so, what, bro. 2020 yeah, is crazy, what, man. I mean, I'm going to be, yeah, I'm writing now. And uh, I'm definitely going to put out this joint, the pandemic. And I think, uh, I think I'll have a few things to share. Yeah, that's man. dope. Ooh, yeah, so we talked about a lot of things, man. Um, so just to uh, finish it off, man, just tell us a little bit, you know, like, what, what's the future? What does the future hold for cross-examine, uh, for Kirk Kennedy, for, you know, anything uh, coming through? You know, I mean, I know you just told us about this album coming through, but what, what's the, what does the future hold uh, for cross-examine Kirk Kennedy, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, shout out to the homie Strack the Wolverine. That's Strack. my to the homie the Wolverine yeah man we got yeah we excited man we got some um, so with Cross Examine in particular you know we'll, we're gonna we're finishing up season two we're going to uh, we're still working on what we're gonna do we're probably not gonna put out full episodes for everyone we'll do like half episodes and if you're not part of the Patreon supporters then you won't get you only mm. gonna get half episodes we're gonna pre-record those because I'm on sabbatical in August Mm. And so I don't really want to I want to take time off And just exclusively be With my family And yeah. get some stuff done That I need to do So I take them on every I'm on, This is only my third year Doing a sabbatical But I do it in August So mm. um, So we'll we'll, we'll we'll Wind down season two Season three We're going to start off With another I Rap For Real yeah. 16 Bar Challenge We're yeah. going to start off with that um, hopefully, I got, I'm just going to time it. I'm not letting it drop when I drop my album. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to get my album done first before we get into all that. So, um, but we'll do, uh, we'll do that. And I think one of the things we want to do next year is we want to probably do a little bit more interviews. Mm-hmm. So we want to just kind of line up some different people that we want to talk with and add. Uh, I'd like to, we'd like to add. Well, I don't know if this is going to happen now because of COVID we would have added a sports component to mm-hmm. cross-examine. So we would have had, you know, 15, 20-minute segment, you know, called cross-examine sports. And we'll get into NBA, NFL. Those are the real sports I care about the most. I'm not into all sports. But, I mean, you know, we would have been probably covering the World Series and different things. Yeah. We're going, we we want to add another. We want to add more segments to the show so that it feels more like a, a produced show. So right now, it's just, you know, this was, this was Strack's first year. And so he needed to just get his feet wet. Now, he and I have done more episodes than me and Tony did. The first yeah, season yeah. one was 24 episodes. Me and Strack recording episode 37 tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. You know, that'll, that'll drop Friday. So we've done more now. So we're pretty much set in who we are as Kirk Kennedy and Strack. So I think next season, we want to be a little bit more... Um, we're always going to be sort of just who we are, but we want to add more segments. So let's 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 cover sports this segment. Let's cover this and kind of almost make it like a um, what's the word I'm looking for? I almost want to make it like a I can't think of the word right now. It's like a news show where you have just these different segments to cover. Mm-hmm. But we're going we're going to do more like that. We want to have more interviews. 
And um, and I think what we want to do, I wanted to do it this year, but we just, this culture just kind of, we want to be faithful to the culture. I definitely know in season three, we're going to be more, let's, let's introduce you to hip hop culture, you know, more. We're going to cover more stuff like, we didn't really hit like battle rap mm-hmm. and like sort of, like, cause I'm, I'm into battle rap like now. Like I like, you know, URL yeah. and, and I like battle rap right now. And, um, and so we didn't really hit that. We did some things we didn't really hit that are directly hip hop related. So, but culture is so dynamic yeah. right now. You can't, yeah. I mean, on one level you could make it an escape from culture or you got to address it. So I'm just, I'm more like the, you know, I feed the elephant peanuts. So I hit this stuff head on. So but what I think we'll do is we're going to do more of that. Like, there's some stuff that I just want to talk about how battle rap started and what that was like and bring you into, like, the, mm-hmm. the UTFO, Roxanne, Roxanne battles and, you know, sort of, you know, the uh, Salt and Pepper versus Dougie Fresh and Slick Rick mm-hmm. and just work your way on up to 50, Ja Rule, yeah. Jay-Z, I just want to do a couple episodes on, like, the battle. Yeah. And just talk about how hip-hop developed and created sort of this kind of sport this competition sport we'll do stuff like that I think there's gonna be more just hip hop stuff and then we'll always obviously talk about culture um, so in terms of me obviously I told you guys about the music I'm gonna be doing some writing so I published two books before the last book I published was 2013 there's God Listen to Rap mm. and so I want to um, write a lot more there's a couple um, places that I want to publish a few articles Mm-hmm. They're kind of. I mean, I get into these. Uh, not debates is the wrong word. These discussions on Zoom about race and stuff like that. And I'm more balanced, as you know. Hashtag stay balanced. I'm not. I'm fine to critique all sides of it. I think it. I'm not a conservative or a progressive or a liberal. Yeah. I'm just. I just. I'm. I'm a. I'm a centrist. If anything, because and I mean, and I mean, not a not a Republican centrist or a Democrat. I'm in the middle of both of them because I don't have confidence in either of them mm-hmm. ultimately, and so I just don't. So I just feel like I, I can critique any of them and, and and not and be okay. Or there's things I can agree with with both of them, but I think yeah, that's, that's true. So I, I want to do some writing and stuff because I do a lot of speaking through Zoom and and people have said, man, where can I get information? And I read voraciously and put my thoughts. And that you can't get all this stuff in one place. So there's some stuff I want to try to publish on a different, some popular uh, webzines and stuff like that. I have some connections with people that I might be able to publish. So I want to try to do that, get that done and start putting together the frustrated Christian for the manifesto mm. and working on that book. Uh, I want to start doing that in August and hopefully drop something by, a book by January, February, at least have it ready. And then maybe it can get published, but but or self-published if I if I felt like that would be the better, you know, in terms of what I write. If I feel like I think I want to get this out now, I'll self-publish. If I feel like now nah, I want to this idea be better to wait for a publisher and they say, hey, we'll do it, but we can't release it until September 2021 or something. Like, oh man, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll see what what happens. I have some connections either way, whichever way I go. So I definitely want to do some writing. To kind of put some of these thoughts down into something more concrete mm-hmm. instead of just podcasts and music. Although I love those other those those premises. So but we definitely want to grow cross examine. I'm hoping that we grew a lot using the 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 contest as a vehicle yeah. to make people aware of us. And then I think our content I think I am gonna push our content to be a little 
not edgier for edgier sake, but let's get into some of the stuff that like people aren't really getting into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or or like let's push back on like so prime example, there's a a podcast. I think they did a good job. I liked how they talked about uh reparations, there's no way you could do it. And um and they kinda have this view there's no systemic or structural racism. And I, I don't really hear people so I'd like to you know, open letter to this podcast mm. and respond to stuff they said on their podcast and just kind of push back on some of these things. Because mm-hmm. I think it's just more complicated than what people make it out to be. Yeah. So I'm saying we plan on doing stuff like that for cross-examine and in the near future. But we definitely want to grow and and our notoriety only because we feel like we have something to offer. Because we don't just talk about stuff. Let's play some hip-hop. Let's get into yeah. some stuff that we feel like Let's, let's take you back in time let's have fun with it like the other episode just playing a lot of the old yeah. joints that just had the same theme and you realize like wow rap has been saying this for 40 years yeah. <laughs> from the message to Kendrick Lamar yeah. we gonna be alright like you hear a theme from rappers over four decades mm-hmm. saying the same thing in the black community so everybody can't be playing a victim you know there's just stuff like just just things like that so uh yeah, man, we want to tighten up. I think it'll be Strack has done his first season, so he'll be more comfortable. I think so. I expect to see Strack grow yeah. more as a co-host next season. I'm excited, man. We're excited to kind of we've grown a lot this season. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very encouraged, man. At the at the at the amount of, amount of respect we get, the download people downloading the show and. And 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 I didn't know that you know audience is is, is growing, so it's mm-hmm. been really cool that it happened because you know the Lord, I mean, who who are we, right? The Lord doesn't need yeah, us to do exactly. It's like oh, I need to speak to the you know the Lord doesn't there doesn't need me at all. So the fact that we're able to have any platform is actually amazing. You know, so. Serious. How how has it been for you, um, hosting from season one to season two, going from Tom Stallone to now having um, Strack. Um, that, how was that for you as far as the change going through that yeah it's interesting man because like so it's really different to be honest I think um, they had they're different people yeah. and they have different strengths mm-hmm. right so Strack is more spiritually minded so Strack cares more about like the glory of Christ making sure that that's there so Strack is always going to bring it back to like the word and and I like that, but sometimes I'm like, Strat, hold on, don't, don't, don't go there. Let's 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 tease it out a little bit. Let's yeah. let's add, let's be a little bit more philosophical with it. We can we can get to the where we got to go to, but Strack is ready to go to the scriptures. Like, hold on, <laughs> like, I, let's let's I, let's go there. I'm a Bible man myself, but I like to be philosophical. Well, let's think through this for a second. Let's yeah. let's make this connection, mm-hmm. and then we'll see how. So I think he's different. Tom Stallone is more of um, he's more politically based. So me and Tony could have good back and forth discussion from a political perspective that I think people really appreciate it. That's not Strack's really field. So he can more just say what he thinks and just kind of like, when the you know, where Strack, well, Tony was more like, we can have a whole discussion about, you know, these particular topics on politics or whatever, because he, he really is drawn to that. So it just, it, I had to change this show and make it, okay, who is Strack and what is he good at? Mm-hmm. Strack is, knows hip-hop better. Like, you heard season one, Tone was mm-hmm. like, 
Oh, man, I don't know, man. Everything's just corny to me. I was like, man, <laughs> tell me, how are we going to be like we the, the one the one-stop shop for culture and hip-hop and you don't listen to hip-hop because you think it's corny? So we ended up not being able to cover things that, like, we couldn't in the season one. So mm-hmm. I felt like in terms of politics and more, like, confrontational sort of and that that vibe, I, me, me and Tony did that more. He was a little bit more opinionated and more strong-willed in that sense. I think Strack is more spiritually minded and and more hip-hop minded. So Strack, I'll be like, hey, bro, hey, listen to this project so we can check it out. Tony would be like, ah, oh, man, I, I'm sorry, bro. It was, <laughs> it was just corny to me, man. Or, you know, Strack would be like, nah, let's listen to it. Let's listen to the 6ix9ine joint so we can talk about it. Like, Tony would be like, I just couldn't do it, bro. I couldn't. So again, there's those, it just, it was a different show in that. And, and I think with, with Tony, we had more conversations. It was less humor. I mean, it was still funny, but there was less of that. With, yeah. with Strack, I'm, we just, it's more fun because Strack is more like, he doesn't have the same, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about, you know, struggling with the world in this sense because Tony is a conspiracy theorist he's the king <laughs> of conspiracy theorist. so it was, just, it was different man but I've enjoyed both experiences like I don't one wasn't better than the other I think what it forced me to do is how do I carry the show mm-hmm. without Tony who I built it with I asked him to do it with me and to be honest I didn't even know Tony that well we got to know each other over on the show mm, I wasn't like you guys seem like y'all been friends and connected for a minute me and Tony Stallone I asked Johan from Wrath and Grace, I said, hey, bro, you think Tone Stallone would do it with me? Because I figured he knows hip-hop some. And he was like, let me, let me just check. And so I reached out to him and he was with it. So I didn't really know him that well. Strack is more of a friend as well. Like, I know hmm. Strack. You know, I, I know him. I appreciate his music. I spent time with him and his wife, my family. So it's different. It feels like my little brother almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can see that's kind of how we get down. Like, yeah. He's like my little brother. Where Tony was more like a guy I'm getting to know episode each week. And so it felt different. But yeah, I, I mean, it's been, it was fun. I, I enjoyed Tony. I would love to have done more with him, but I'm not, I'm, I'm grateful for what me and Strack have been able to do. We're able to put some stuff together and, and had a good season. I feel like after wrapping up season two, I feel like we've had a good season. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, man, like we're, we, like I said earlier, man, we're, uh, we've been, I've, I've, me and Justin, we've been listening since, since day one, dude. Like just seeing the whole transformation up until now, man. The, the first uh, uh, contest, the 16 bar contest. Is <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, the first yeah. one? Yeah. Strack was one. Remember Strack was yeah, one of the final three? Remember yeah, that? Yeah, he, he won. That was how I got to know him. Well, I knew of him, but we mm-hmm. started to get to know each other because he was one of the finalists. Yeah. That's yeah, funny that's because right. after that first 16 bar challenge that, that you guys ended up doing, when the second one came around, I was telling Mario, I was like, hey, let's jump on it. Let's do <laughs> let's do this next one. But then you guys start emphasizing only only those that are serious I about for this. real. I rap for right. real. And, and I was we like, ah, uh, never we, mind. We, we I'm not going to do it. Around. <laughs> yeah. we, we, because we knew, okay, yeah. there's real money on the line here. Yeah. You know, and so the next one is going to be higher, you know? Yeah. They'll be that'll be worth a thousand. So mm. we imagine that, you know, that you know, we looked at it like this. this is a, I looked at it like this. Look, we could spend a thousand dollars and try to market other show mm-hmm. and and try to put it on some website and hope it gains traffic. But I said, or oh, we can host a contest 
make people tell their friends to vote for them and just kind of do it that way yeah. and build it up like that. Like it was just like, if you got to invest in what you do, I mean, there's going to be people who listen and like it, but I think to grow your need, if you don't have a big platform already, you got to invest. And so we just thought that's an investment worth making. So yeah. We're going to do it again. And as we've grown, we're growing in Patreon. The poor was grateful. You know what I'm saying? So we want to, we want to grow it and, and do it better. Uh, just get better each time. But well, we're yeah, man, it's yeah. exciting. We're definitely looking forward to this one. And just, uh, uh, I got to say, man, uh, my Fridays are, are not as complete if I don't listen to cross-examine. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> what do you working. guys drop? Like, what, what, you, what do you guys, what do you guys usually record and drop? The Mondays, Mondays we dropped ours. Okay, Mondays, Mondays, we, we, we try we Mondays. Sometimes we, we, uh, we're not able to. Yeah, so we'll we'll certain things. Certain things, things I've been, but yeah, yeah. The goal is Monday, if not for sure that week. Yeah, but yeah, right. So we're, okay, we're not we're, we're not as big as you guys, but we we we've, we've been able to gather a small gathering as the Lord has uh, given mm-hmm. us a, a, a small yeah. following. But you know, um, I'm always encouraged just when people hit us up and say that they were encouraged, and that's that's the whole purpose of why we started this. You know, our, yeah. our Are y'all is your podcast everywhere. You guys on iTunes? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, we gonna shout you guys out this week. We gonna shout you out. Yeah, yeah. So, and so we, uh, our, our thing is to glorify God through the edification of the saints. You know what I mean? So that, yeah. that's that's our phrase right there uh, to make uh, help others grow as we're growing in knowledge. We want to share the knowledge that yeah. we're learning as well. You know what I mean? So ours is more. How many of a, seasons y'all got? How many what? How many seasons do you guys have? We're in the second season? season right yeah. now. Second okay, season. Okay, second season. That's what's up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. First season, we it was a whole year. We started on May 16, 2019, ended May 16, 2020, and we just started off. Oh, okay, wow. So yeah. I did like 50 some episodes. That was up. Yeah, well, we oh, took like a month break. <laughs> to, you know, fat, you know, life okay, and things like that. So now our mixer five. broke. Okay. <laughs> we went through some trials during that time, but, uh, <laughs> man, but uh, as a podcasting, I think we grew quite a bit. Yeah, so we got for, more comfortable. Yeah, first season, 45 episodes episodes this one yeah. just riding in until the wheels fall off you know what I mean and so yeah right yeah so I mean now that's what's up man yeah so, oh yeah this, this has been check dope out, man. definitely check it out we'll definitely shout you guys out man appreciate what you guys are doing man. appreciate it appreciate it so right. for so you, guys, you guys the, the listeners we want to go ahead and lead you guys to so go ahead if you have not heard of Kirk Kenny his music his podcast Mm-mm-mm. Go right now, you know, even though this podcast is about to end right now, you could go ahead and go purchase it on Apple Music. You can't stream it for free. All right. This is what I thought when I first when I first got on to Kirk Kennedy. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I, I'll share something. When, when I first um, became aware of C4, um, it was after you already dropped it and it was already free streaming. So I was already listening to it. And then when when um, um, when the appendix came on. I was like, all right, cool. It's it's on, and I keep looking. I was like, where is it? I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> and then you mentioned that that we had to purchase. I was like, man, I'm just gonna wait till it streams. Dang. But then, but then, hold up, hold up. But then you <laughs> bought it. You told me you're like, man, you gotta listen to it. I was like, all right, I'm gonna buy it. So I ended up buying it, and then I ended up buying going back, and I bought C4. And then I was like, all right, cool, because now now I understand. Like, man, this is worth buying. This is something oh, worth yeah. the, the the purchase. And so right now I'm telling you guys, the listeners, go ahead and purchase Philosophy. And if you haven't, 
go ahead and purchase the other ones beforehand. I mean, just listen to the the artistry in this, yeah. the album mm-hmm. entries that he has put together. Man, this is uh, some really good edifying stuff. And it just, I mean, just as we've spoken on this episode, it, it talks about a lot of the culture today and it relates to a lot of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't know if you, ca- if you caught Kurt's face when he was saying that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You were making a face like, oh, I'm finally meeting one of these guys. Eh? Uh-huh. <laughs> you always get people who are like, man, they'll hit you like, hey, bro, when is it going to be on Spotify? It's like, never. Man. Hey, but you know what? That's the first time that I heard that. That's a that's a smart move, though. Um, waiting, waiting, you know, months, months later, yeah. or even however long that you decide I to, mean, why not? to stream I mean, it for you, free. Yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I'm giving you, you know, you're you're paying ten dollars for yeah a double album. You know, yeah. a month. I mean, you'll spend that at Chipotle or something. You know, McDonald's <laughs> or something like. You know, it's worth it, and I think yeah. you got to make it. That's one of the reasons why I try to give quality because I think mm-hmm. I'm asking people. Because that's what that's what people realize. I'm competing with a model of free music. I'm competing with a model that I'm asking you to buy mine instead of people to stream or, mm-hmm. and that's and that's asking a lot for people this day and age. Right? It's asking a lot to give up ten bucks. And I respect that people are like, no, nah, I'm gonna buy this joint because it's, it's worth. It. I'm gonna hear. Yeah. It. Grateful for that. No, I purchase them when it drops, man. I purchase them. Uh, you know, I'll stay up till midnight and let, and let it drop, man. I'll purchase that thing. You know? I'm like, I'm <laughs> That's what I do, this. man. I, I buy my album first. <laughs> I'm up. I wait. It's like a tradition. I wait for that joint. Wait till this is, you know, I, I keep checking because sometimes it'll put it up before midnight. So I'll just be like, mm-hmm. oh, 11:47 is on. <laughs> just because I want the, I want the album, the iTunes with the. The logo, I want that, and then mm. it's like the biggest accomplishment. I usually will go a couple weeks without listening to the music anymore until once it's done and it's put up, and I'm waiting for it to drop. I won't listen to do nothing. Then when it comes out, I'll kind of <laughs> freshly listen to it. It's, it's really weird. It always feels different once it's out. Like, oh man, wow. Oh, I shouldn't have said it like that. Why did I catch that? <laughs> oh, you know, you know. Man, I should yeah. have a song about this. It's always something afterwards. Yeah, man. So, man, so, uh, man, I appreciate it. You just taking the time, man, and just, you know, hopping yeah. on right here and doing this little interview with us, man. Uh, go ahead and plug yourself, man. Go ahead and, and put out those plugs right now. No, I appreciate that, man. First of all, I appreciate what you guys are doing, man. We're from Rasa. My wife is, my wife is Latino. Yeah, man, so yeah, always, yeah, uh, yeah. Always mess with her. Like, La Rasa. <laughs> it was, I forgot the name of that rap group, man. It was like, that this is for La Rasa. Kefras, yeah. I forgot. Uh, that's Kefras. I forgot what those dudes were. It's funny. Uh, yeah, Kip Ross, that's right. Yeah. It's funny because we used that that beat that's from that song. from our <laughs> intro. Did you? That's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> I remember all that. I remember that Menti and Rosa. Ain't yeah. Nobody, baby. Okay, this is Kurt Kennedy, man from Cross Examine. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter. I'm Kurt Kennedy. I'm an idiot because I built up my my, <laughs> my Instagram page. So my Instagram has like thirteen thousand some twelve point nine followers, and then my Twitter has like a thousand. I just didn't care about Twitter for a long time. I cared about Instagram. I'm on Instagram is Kirk Kennedy, but now I'm using Twitter more. I actually enjoy Twitter more than Facebook. Even I used to like Facebook, but now Facebook people are too emotional. Oh yeah, Twitter yep. is just you can just say stuff quickly. It makes you have to think of things that you can just put in quick sense. So I love Twitter. So find me. I'm Kirk Kennedy. On uh, Facebook, you can go to Kurt Allen. Is my real name A L L E N? Also, I don't really post as Kurt Kennedy on Facebook. It's mainly Kurt Allen. And then find the Cross Examine Facebook group. We'd love to add you in there. 
and we get you know we only really put the shows and we've been really busy but we haven't done as much that's another thing we want to do is build up the Facebook uh, group mm-hmm. in the season three the season two is just COVID just robbed us yeah. after after the contest COVID hit and it was like I just got busy as a pastor so yeah. but we'd love to have you follow us man you can go to KurtKennedy.com and uh, see and go to RapsAndGrace.com as well I'm associated there that's what's up there for you so man we appreciate what you guys are doing Reform Rasa and I'm grateful for you guys and I hope to see the Lord blessed with you all the door man we definitely gonna shout you guys out man and next you guys on show and eventually have you guys come on there season 3 talk that talk that'd be dope that'd be dope yeah I appreciate you guys dope man so uh, thank you uh, for listening Uh, go ahead and hit us up reformrasa at gmail.com with any questions comments concerns or rebukes you can hit us up right there reformrasa.com follow us on Facebook um like us on Facebook I always say that Like us on Facebook Follow, follow us, us on Instagram, on Instagram. <laughs> Go ahead and follow Kirk Kennedy right here um, Push man we, 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 We're riding with you man Push for that Twitter account man If y'all got Twitter Go ahead and follow Kirk Kennedy at Twitter We got we got your back man We're, we're trying to boost those numbers too Controversy about <laughs> 200 characters <laughs> <laughs> Twitter <laughs> Yeah man my, my son Right there before we close out My son Uh I'm going to use this phrase now. He said, people are too emotional now. Like, you know, like the emojis, you know, he's emotional. That's what's up, emotional. I like that. I might take that too. So, go, 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 go ahead, go ahead exactly and take right. that. My 10 year old son, emotional. I already, already, you know, looking at the culture, see what it is. It's too emotional right now. But go ahead, hit us up, hit up Kirk Kennedy, man. Purchase his music. You will not be disappointed. Uh, hit up Cross Examine, drops every Friday. Uh, definitely uh, an entertainment, not just entertaining, but real thought provoking. Mm-hmm. A podcast, so I like those, man. When that's not, it's not, it's not just easy listening, but it really makes you think. You know, what I mean, I listen to it at work, popping my headphones, and really just, you know, work with the flow, and you know, so it's dope. Go ahead, hit him up, and you know, man. Uh, once again, you know, uh, gracias for for doing this little interview, and yeah, you got any last words, you guys? Nope. This is Reform Rasa, and we'll catch you on on the next one. May God be glorified. Through the edification of the saints. Peace. Later. I like turtles. Beat me up, Scotty. Beat me up, Scotty. Everybody's lifestyle and the American dream was a nightmare that's quite loud. Horror film esque tragedy strikes. It was four flights, buildings burning, fears concerning what next. We scared of heights. Answers we want answers. The country was at a standstill. Watching people fall to their death like Jim to Anvil. Everything is crazy. The tension is what you can feel. Quarterbacks sneak the world, wondering if his plan's real. Knowledge of the cyber wars, afraid of what they can hack. Whoever they are, they went postal and sent some anthrax. The whole world is watching.
watching America's hope is stumbling, crumbling. War with Islamic terrorists in this era is humbling. It ain't fair and it's judging them. Got their ropes cause the government's caring. This is the Muslims and all who hung with them. It stung us when the buildings went down. It wasn't fair, but when it happened amazingly, we had all become Americans. Tragedy strikes and nothing feels right and the world was unfair, but then we became Americans. We were all Americans. Divided we stand, united we fall before men and we were all in all as we became Americans. We were all Americans. Years flew by ironically like the planes. We were red, white, and blue. You would think that so much has changed. The respect for police and for firemen have been building. Cause they ran up in them buildings for women and children. 911 is the joke they used to say. But now 911 made us one against the world. It's like history just went away on some level. We showed that we better than what we used to be. Patriots, racism was mainly aiming at Sheikh Khalid. The presidential race ensued. The black dude who took the lead had us all confused. Cause he was cool. Who thought it's what we need? Is America ready for a black man? When Taliban is off the ramp, whose pastor said America's with Dasha Dam. Ended up a yes, we can. Americans with thespians, united by Bin Laden. Thought that we were all bipartisan. All hell, Obama. He can unify the parties and his views started evolving. And that's where the problems began. We're both uh, uh, practicing Christians, and, and obviously uh, this position may be considered to put us at odds with uh, the views of, of, of others, but... Uh, All of a sudden, then that. everything quickly went left. Follow my depth. I speak aloud that was quiet as kept. So many slept on, so they crept on and tried to pay us back like it's dead. Yep, years ago we should have weapon now we taking cues on how we should caress so that if we object it will cause them to rest Cause studying in your faith is put to the test This is a mess, proof I guess If you make a light of all this heaviness Get ready, get set, go set from the get-go I am frustrated that what's coming next That was five years ago Future of I do it, here we go And now we surrounded by people who say they fight evil One day we find out they're Mysterio Oh, oh, oh all the evil that we seeing in people It the eagle regals what it really is Lots of chatter, hate the banter after Has the last chapter what Obama did Pain the laughter for a fraction captures How the slaves are master and they claim legit Blame each other quickly name the brother many stains to cover but the dirt is his awaken abomination when he came through with a new proclamation segments were waiting said it was hating defensive marriage act desegregation unconstitutional obama cruising through end of his first term what does this do to you my speculation tired of waiting started his second term no hesitation marriage equality now he will pull it through 2012 with the church start with bulletproof now it's been shot up fear has been brought up for churches but some say it's worth as we caught up huh so much debating so many ghosts they escaping so many hopes have been quaking abomination said he was christian and now many christians rethinking their statements all of the scriptures rethinking in their placement, even if it means we good with their basement, culture it chases, all of the church that thinks abomination is abomination, Hollywood ways it, trying to make room but I'm, this ain't no daisy, we are familiar with pedophile ringing, your Hollywood swinging, he's cool in the game to be playing, you'll send a swaying, every which way so on with Chuck D when he was saying, burn, Hollywood burn, burn, do you know who you the facing? No contemplation, this compilation's a combination of everything blatant All of these tools to Hollywood rules Thank you Obama, you led us to Satan All 11 that's when it started That day was tears, but now we just sobbing It was false unity, now it's just scoffing To tie it all in, you could've been lied and hooray But then you began, robbing our morals And now sexuality's stiff on this balls And Hollywood, oh, Hollywood, Hollywood All your hypocrisies, all Satan's morals is left Everything left, cut off your right hand, only use left You go on to Hollywood, gotta turn left Sanity left, but we call it progress